Good morning. I'd like to echo Danny's um, sentiment that there is no place that it's better to be to start the year off than here with you all and here with the Lord to sing praises and have fellowship in the Lord's Supper. And now we've come to a spot where we're going to study God's Word together. And I am fired up to dig into this with you guys. Um, If you'll turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms, we're going to look at four different Psalms this morning, starting with Psalm 90. And our objective in looking at these four Psalms is going to be to examine what they say about God, to try and look at a picture of God, and then pull from that what it means for us, how we should react how we should live in light and in knowledge, in understanding of these different elements and pictures of God. So we're going to read the first psalm, Psalm 90. But before we do that, let's say just a quick prayer. God, we thank you that your faithful love is true. It never runs out on us. It never gives up on us. And we pray that our love would be just as true, would be just as faithful, and would never give up on you. Help us as we study your word and as we look to see you more clearly, that we would have fresh eyes and fresh hearts to do so, that we can take what we can glean from this and use it to live lives that bring you glory. Amen. So Psalm 90, let's read it together. Lord, you have been our refuge in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. You return mankind to the dust, saying, return, descendants of Adam. For in your sight, a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by, Like a few hours of the night, you end their lives, they sleep. They are like grass that grows in the morning. In the morning, it sprouts and grows. By evening, it withers and dries up. For we are consumed by your anger. We are terrified by your wrath. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days ebb away under your wrath, we end our years like a sigh. Our lives last 70 years, or if we're strong, 80 years. But even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger? Your wrath matches the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Lord, how long? Turn and have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days. 
Make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us, for as many years as we have seen adversity. Let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. So this psalm, historically, has been attributed to Moses. Um, You can maybe read a little bit of the, the coloring, historically, of what the people of Israel would have gone through with their specific sins or their specific iniquities that were set in the light of God's presence through the understanding that Moses is, is who wrote this and who authored this. But did you catch that there's this picture that Moses prays towards the end that God would give love and joy and compassion to his servants who are kind of fearfully living in the shadow of his wrath until they die. There's this picture that God is seen here as sovereign, as ruler over everything. He's above time, and candidly, like he's, he's very angry at sin. So while his servants, while these people, humans, are, are living their brief lives that are gone in an instant, they're yearning for meaning and significance. Their days are passing away, but there's this picture of hope because despite God's hatred for sin, despite the incompatibility of God and our sins, there is hope and an expectation of faithful love and compassion because that is who God is and that is how he's historically dealt with his people. I mean, when you examine the picture of God who at the beginning of this is viewed as eternal. He's from before time. He has existed from eternity to eternity. He gave birth to the world. He has seen and known every single man and every single person that's ever lived. And then you think about that power and that impact and your individual sins are set before such a holy and powerful and awesome being. I think it's completely understandable how people could be terrified of this wrath. And what Chip was saying, if we were created to be holy and blameless and and we've fallen short of that, and so that can be a terrifying thing. It can be scary. But we see that that light of his presence that exposes all of our sins is also that same light of his love that then comes through um, faithfully and can fulfill us. So there's this picture um, that God's anger, God's age, his uh, duration can't really be measured, but human life can be, right? Now, this isn't a saying, hey, 70 or 80 years is a hard, finite cap on how long people are going to live because we've got people in the audience who've (laughs) exceeded those benchmarks. But it is saying that it's measured and it's brief and it's fleeting. So in light of that, that God is eternal, he's supreme, how are we to live uh, within the bounds of those short few years? And there's an accountability to God that's pictured here. There's an importance uh, 
of recognizing our own mortality, but I think it's, it's more than just a recognition of mortality that's pictured here. This concept of numbering our days is an encouragement to God's children to value the time that they have, however fleeting it may be, and to use it for his glory. That last verse, let the favor of the Lord our God be on us, establish for us the work of our hands, establish the work of our hands. When you combine that with reaching out to the eternal all-knowing God and asking him to teach us how to develop wisdom and how to number our days and use our time wisely, I think that is a phenomenal goal for us starting a year of a life that's going to go by really quickly in the blink of an eye. How should we choose to use our time? How should we choose to measure our days and number our days? I think it's by letting God establish the actions that we choose to take that if we could have a year where God establishes the work of our hands, where we're satisfied in the morning with his faithful love and we're shouting with joy and glad all of our days, that would be a really beautiful year. So some questions for reflection. Consider the fact that the eternal God who gave birth to the world deeply hates sin but despite our shortcomings, he consistently provides faithful love to us. What are some ways that you can use 2023 to number your days carefully to develop wisdom in your heart? And if your life is fleeting, if it's going to go by in the blink of an eye, is there anything more significant or anything more important than using the time that you have to invest in eternal things that give God glory? Like that's just the ultimate spotlight of clarity on how we should be using our time. Louie and I were just talking about that like on the way in this morning of how do I make sure I'm using my time wisely? I think this gives us a good snapshot and a good picture so our first theme is that God is eternal and we are fleeting. Turn over to Psalm 97. That's the next one we're going to look at here. We see a different picture of God here, a different angle. The heading in my uh, Bible entitles this one, it's just kind of a, a snapshot called the Majestic King, and I think, I think that hits the nail on the head. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coasts and islands be glad. Clouds and total darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The earth trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. 
The heavens proclaim his righteousness. All the peoples see his glory. All who serve carved images, those who boast in idols, will be put to shame. All the gods must worship him. Zion hears and is glad. Judah's villages rejoice because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are the most high over the whole earth. You are exalted above all the gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his faithful ones. He rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous, gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. So we've got some extra context and extra color here as we think about how God is described in this psalm versus the last one. The last one talks about how he's been eternal and is above time and was before time and will continue to exist and our days are so fleeting. But here, there's this picture through almost the image of a thunderstorm, something great and terrible and powerful. The idea that God is so powerful that the earth sees what he is and does and the earth trembles. That the mountains, which are some of the sturdiest things in the whole world, they melt like wax before God. He is so powerful, he created them, and and nothing can stand before him. The things that we think are impressive, nothing is as impressive as God. There's also some context that, as we think about when this psalm would have been written, probably within the nation of Israel, we don't see a specific limitation and a specific boundary of the Lord reigns in Israel. This is the Lord reigns over the whole earth. All the coasts and all the islands be glad. He is supreme and he is the ruler and Lord and the majestic king of everybody who's ever existed. That phrase, all peoples see his glory, the same is still true today. So in response to God's awesome power and glory that mounts or that melts mountains like wax and that shakes the earth, how are we supposed to respond to this picture of such a powerful and awesome God? And verse seven uh, is the exact wrong answer. Basically, anybody who worships anything else is going to be put to shame and is completely missing the point. And this is always tricky. Like in 2023 in America, I don't see a ton of carved images that people are explicitly bowing down to. So what, is, what does that look like? Is that possibly still relevant today? I think the things that people can worship instead of maybe a direct carved image could be things like materialism, could be things like sexuality, could be things like anything the world places value on, relationships or people or fitness, 
Anything that isn't God that we say our time and our attention and our money and our focus go to those things first, that's what's really in our heart. We're missing the idea of paying true worship to the majestic king. And then in the most stunningly direct piece of application, the last like three verses of this tell us exactly what we need to do to live in light of this majestic king. Reread that again. You who love the Lord hate evil. Verse 12, be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. So if God is the majestic king over all the earth, what does that mean for us? How are we supposed to react? Well, A, we're supposed to love him. And part of loving him is also hating evil. Those two things work hand in hand. We can't, um, the New Testament talks about friendship with the world is enmity with God. We can't be at a spot where we're buddying up to evil and still thinking that we're right with the Lord. We need to love righteousness and hate evil. But we're also instructed to be glad in the Lord and to give thanks to him. So some questions for reflection in light of this theme of the majestic king. When is the last time that you thought about God this way? When's the last time that you viewed his majesty, his immense power and his presence as so completely superior to everything else in your life? Do we see him this way? What are you worshiping in your life? Is there even the slightest chance that you've let something else take the top spot in your life? Are your actions consistent with your decision to serve the Lord? Is the way that you're spending your time, your money, your energy, and your thoughts actively working to love the Lord and hate evil? That's the majestic king. Turn over just a couple pages to Psalm 100. One of the last exhortations and instructions is to give thanks to his holy name. From what we just read, Psalm 100 talks about that exclusively. Anon read this for us, but we'll read it again. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. His people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless him. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever his faithfulness through all generations. So this is again a, a different angle, a different picture 
on who God is, but it's subtle because it, it slips in because this is only a five-verse psalm. So what do we learn about God from five verses that are almost exclusively all just give thanks and praise him? It's hidden right in the middle of verse three that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his, his people and the sheep of his pasture. So when we examine that God is our creator, he's our father, and he's pictured here as a a shepherd, our protector, our nurturer, our caretaker. Can you see then how it makes sense to thank him and to praise him? when he's the one who created you and gave you every good thing in your life? It's a different angle than the scary thunderstorm, mountain melting, wax turning God to say, I'm the one who's created you. I'm the one who's known you from your very first day. I'm the one that when you get a little bit out of line, I'm hooking you back in. I'm taking care of you like a shepherd would his sheep. And then in verse 5, we continue to examine this different angle on the Lord, and it's explicitly said, the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. I was talking with a friend the other day, and he shared with me that the three characteristics of God mentioned throughout the Old Testament, throughout the whole Bible, that describe him, that he uses to describe himself more than any other three traits— He said, do you know what those are? And I said, I don't. He said that God is good, that God is faithful, and God is able. And we see all three of those pictured here. God is good, verse 5. He is faithful, verse 5. And then he is able to do all that we need and care in verse 3. Because he is God. So some questions for reflection with the idea that God is our creator, he's our shepherd. Are you serving the Lord with gladness? How much thanksgiving are you entering his gates with? Do you believe that his faithful love endures forever? If so, how are we supposed to live before him? And finally, what would need to be true about your heart and actions in 2023 to make this a year where you gave thanks to him and blessed his name? what would need to be true for us to say that we accomplished that this year? This is one of those easier lessons to talk about because you don't have to actually answer all these hypothetical deep thinking questions. You can just drop them on you and you can come up with the answers. And the last psalm we're going to look at is Psalm 103. 
This is single-handedly my favorite psalm by a landslide, and I think it can hammer home the beauty and the importance of the God that we serve. My soul, bless the Lord, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever because he has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and its place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear him. And his righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, all his angels of great strength who do his word obedient to his command. Bless the Lord, all his armies, his servants who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all the places where he rules. My soul, bless the Lord. So if this doesn't just like wallop you upside the head with a reminder and a beautiful picture of everything that God does for us, He's compassionate. Verse 13 has new meaning for me as a new dad of a five-month-old. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. To think that God loves us that tenderly, that carefully, that intensely, is humbling. To think about how lost that we were in sin and darkness and hopelessness, and he redeems us from the pit and crowns us with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies us with good things. We know that to be true. 
how he executes all these acts of righteousness and justice, how he's slow to anger, and how ultimately he removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. This is the psalm that helps you fall in love with God. We see again this theme that God's love is infinite, that his existence is infinite, and our time on earth is finite. Yet even in this short life, with all of this goodness that God drops on us and blesses us with, did you catch the start of verse 2? Forget not all his benefits which means that it's capable of the human condition to forget all of these wonderful things that God has done for us. And so that's exactly why to start our year and to think and focus on what's the most important thing that we can do with our fleeting time, with a year that before we know it, it's going to be 2024 if God grants us to stay on the earth that long, and it's going to be like that. So how do we fill it with significance? How do we make sure that the things that we do, the choices that we make, the actions we take, have his support? That they give him glory, that we're investing in eternal things that are going to last, because everything here on this earth is not going to last. And I think it comes from examining these different pictures of who God is and understanding everything that he's done for us, deepening our love for him, deepening our understanding for him, and then that can't help but propel us and springboard us forward into greater action. So some questions for reflection from Psalm 103. Consider the number and the depth and the consequences of your own sin. And then realize that God has removed them as far from you as the east is from the west. How much praise and devotion does a God this gracious deserve? And how can you individually in 2023 make sure that you bless the Lord and don't forget all of his benefits? So as a review, Psalm 90 we see this picture that God is eternal and we are only here for a little bit of time. So we need to learn from that to number our days and to live to give glory to him. Psalm 97, God reigns in all the earth. He is majestic and more powerful than we could ever comprehend. As a result we need to love him. We need to hate evil. We need to be glad and to give thanks. 
Psalm 100, the Lord is good. He's faithfully loving to all generations. We are his, his people, his sheep. He's our creator. As a result, we're to give thanks to him and to bless his name. And then Psalm 103, God has done wonderful things for us and straight up just is wonderful. Chiefly, forgiving us and redeeming us completely. So we need to be careful and intentional to follow him and not forget all of his benefits. I think if we can do those things, we have the potential in 2023 to be laser-focused on the right stuff. We can be a light in this community here in Nashville. We can be encouraging to each other, and we can have the ultimate trust and confidence in such a good and gracious God. If you're visiting with us, um, we're really glad that you're here. We'd love to get a chance to get to know you personally. Um, So if you don't mind sticking around afterwards, um, if you have questions about God, about how good he is or what that means to you or any of the things we've talked about, we'd love to talk about it with you. That's our passion here with this group, is sharing the gospel and recognizing that we are all sinners who need a savior and have such a wonderful one. So we're very thankful that you're here. We're glad that you are encouraging to us and we hope this is encouraging to you. For everybody who's here on a regular basis, um, hopefully this is a good shot in the arm of motivation to say, let's really dig in with all of the exuberance that New Year's resolutions bring to make this the year that you're the most committed to the Lord that you've ever been. If there's anything that we can do to encourage you, um, to pray for you, or if you've determined that you're ready to walk further in your commitment with the Lord and you want to be obedient to Him at this moment um, and want to come forward and make that known as we stand and sing, we're going to sing a song and That's the appropriate time, I think, to consider all of these reflection questions in your own life. And if there's something we can do publicly for you, please let us know as we stand and sing.